0: Welcome to the first episode of the Digital Infrastructure Podcast. This is a new podcast focusing on grantees from the Digital Infrastructure Fund. This fund, funded by the Ford Foundation, the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, Open Society Foundations, the Amityar Network, and the Mozilla Open Source Support Program in collaboration with the Open Collective Foundation, is around $1.3 million worth of grants given out to 13 research projects, which are advancing our understanding of critical digital infrastructure across the globe. For those of you who are new to digital infrastructure, the very idea is that all of our society at this point is built up on open source, on code, on projects that like roads, bridges, sewage pipes, what have you, need to be maintained. And so since this is a new phenomenon in human society, we don't really understand how code works or how to funded properly. And so this entire project, this grant which has been set up is helping us figure out what is digital infrastructure and how can we better support the people who maintain it. For those of you who have more questions, that's okay. That's one of the reasons why we're doing this grant and one of the reasons why I'm having this podcast. So I'm Richard Littauer, and I'm helping to run the community that's been funded by this grant. I have the privilege, nay, the pleasure of introducing two grantees. Technically, it's only one grantee because the grant has gone to Code for Science and Society, but we have two grantees who are functioning within that organization to run this grant, which is the Digital Infrastructure Incubator. So today on the call, we have Daniel Robinson, the executive director of Code for Science and Society, calling today from Portland, Oregon, and we have Rhea Elzane, who is the program manager for, again, the Digital Infrastructure Incubator at Code for Science and Society. Say that five times fast. Danielle, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. It's so wonderful to be here talking with you, Richard, and I'm excited to be a part of this podcast. We've really enjoyed being in this community of grantees, for so learning a lot.
0: I'm happy to have you too. Rhea, you doing well?
2: I'm super. Thank you, Richard. I'm also really excited to
1: be here today.
0: Awesome. Audience, now you know what their voices sound like. Danielle, can you tell me, how did you end up being the executive director of Code for Science and Society? And what exactly does C-O-S-A-S? COSAS? Probably something better. What <laughs> we, say,
1: we, we say CS and S. So I started working with Code for Science and Society in 2016, 2017. And at the time, the organization, I started working with this group as a partnerships director. And at the time, We ran a small fiscal sponsorship program and we also did a bunch of events and community engagement around open source and open data in the public interest. And in 2017, 2018, I moved into a co-executive director leadership role. And at that point, we really wanted to build out the organization as an umbrella and so working with projects who were looking for an organizational home and partnering that with programs that we were running around developing emerging leaders in the space developing resources or bringing together communities to create resources to elevate the whole ecosystem that's our thing so today i've been in the ed role for almost four years now Today, what we do is a combination of fiscal sponsorship, which sounds a little wonky, but essentially the same as being affiliated with a university. If you want to receive a grant, you need an entity that can do that and that can do the financial reporting and handle state by state compliance. And so we have that back office nonprofit services. And we're looking to build an intentional community, not a cult, but an intentional community of folks who can learn from each other, who want to work together, a community or a portfolio of projects that are complementary. So right now we have 10 fiscally sponsored projects in addition to programs like the Digital Infrastructure Incubator. And when I saw the call for proposals around digital infrastructure, I was really interested in the implementation side of it. So I wanted to put together a proposal where it would allow us As a group that works intensively with projects who are building technology in the public interest, building open source or open data forward projects, we see a lot of the trial and error and the governance model that works up to a certain scale. We see a lot of the implementation side of things. And so I was really interested in putting a grant together that would allow us to work on the implementation side, but in conversation with the research side. And so that's where this grant came from. The idea that perhaps folks who are building these projects don't necessarily always have the time to dig really deep into the research and would benefit from a cohort driven experience, would benefit from being in a community that's close to research, but not necessarily needing to stop the work on their projects to dig deep in in order to make the decisions that they need to make about what they wanna do. And we're really interested in reporting out what actually happens. So that's when you're working on the implementation side, you sometimes will come all across research that will have a certain recommendation. And then when you put that into practice, there are all these variables and with different communities, et cetera. And so we'd like to be able to talk about some of the practical realities of putting research into practice honestly and openly in a way that hopefully would be useful for the whole ecosystem. And now I'll stop talking.
0: Danielle, no, thank you for talking so much. That was a lot of information. I have so many questions. (laughs) However, before we get to my questions, Rhea, who are you and how did you get involved? What is your background?
2: So I'm transitioning out of a career in academia for the past decade or so. I'm trained as an ethnographer, and I've been working with artists and activists in the Middle East, mostly in places that didn't see the big protests of the quote unquote, Arab Spring in Lebanon, in Jordan, and in Palestine, thinking with them about how change happens, if it happens. What does politics feel like when mostly what we feel is apathy? What does change look like when mostly we don't see things happening, right? When we don't see the spectacular movements in the streets. So that's what I've been thinking about. And coming into this space was really taken with how people with the discourse around sustainability because this is not something that is unique to the open source space like everybody everywhere from academics to artists to coders are talking about sustainability and managing and dealing with burnout so how do we do this how do we move past this space and this is another reason why i think that defining digital infrastructure right which is something that all of us as part of the grantee cohort are tasked to do is difficult for me because it's hard to extract it from cultural political infrastructures that we're living in our real lives in our day-to-day lives so the questions of and not just like ideological but really affective infrastructures how do we feel about our work where do we think we're going what do we feel is blocking that work and how to move past those how to move through those how to work with those So those are like bigger questions that I've been thinking with and about for some time. And I think what the incubator affords is a space for people to come together and think those things through together. We're hoping to build a cohort that is as much a community as it is a place to ideate, right, collaboratively.
0: Thank you so much. I don't really know what you're talking about because sustainability is number one on the streets of Montpelier, Vermont. I look outside right now and they're all marching with signs saying, keep our code safe and secure. So whatever. But that's obviously an irony, but it is good to have your perspective. It's good to have both of your perspectives. Thank you both for giving them. Before we move on to talk about the incubator, I want to go back and ask a few questions. So code for science and society has been around for a few years now. Why would I choose to have my project if I'm a researcher incubated there as opposed to somewhere else?
1: Sure. So if you were a person who was looking to receive a grant to perhaps do research, build an institute, engage in building technology or some perhaps like community work like the Research Software Alliance or Reproducibility for Everyone. If you're looking for a place to receive your grant, you have plenty of options. There are all kinds of different ways that you can do that. I think people typically that come and want to work with us are looking for, they may be small teams, they might be emerging leaders, they may be small teams, sometimes just really one person on staff with an advisory board or a steering committee. It can be a little isolating to do that work by yourself. When folks bring their projects to us, they know that our team is going to work to add capacity. So we don't just do the back of office financial and compliance stuff. We also do regular calls on strategy, regular calls on really whatever the project needs help with. So do they need help writing job descriptions? We can get them resources. We can put them in touch with other leaders of similarly sized projects, talk about how other people have done it. So I think what we do in the fiscal sponsorship program is really adding capacity to these small teams that are often new projects are emerging leaders. And our goal is not that they stay with us forever. We would like them to get where they wanna go. And so sometimes that means they wanna run their own 501c3, their own independent nonprofit. And so we have a lot of experience to help a project, start staffing for that, start planning for that, to actually spin out. And so, yeah, so that's our approach. We're pretty small, so we can't actually work with, you know, everyone who comes interested in working with us, I think we do a good job of having great relationships across the fiscal sponsorship ecosystem and helping when someone reaches out with an inquiry, I always have ideas of who else they should be talking to so they can really find the best place for their project to land for the best chance of executing the way they want to.
2: Yeah, I'll just chime in there to say that from my perspective, Code for Science and Society is aiming to build out sustainability in the open source ecosystem. And to do that, it runs three main programs. One is the Fiscal Sponsorship Program, which is primarily what Danielle has been discussing about removing some of the administrative burden from emergent projects in the space. The second program that we run at CSNS is an event fund where different individuals, groups can apply for funding in order to run their own event, with the understanding that events and conferences like bring people together, build community, flesh out relationships, et cetera. The third program at CSNS is this new program, the Digital Infrastructure Incubator, which I am coming on board specifically for. And this program is geared to strengthen relationships with the research community, bridging research and practice. So. If the fiscal sponsorship program is really like strengthening our relationships with funders, project relationships with funders, right? Making sure that things are reported correctly, compliance is in order, right? So that the money comes in spent where it's supposed to be spent, it's reported out the way it's supposed to be reported out, et cetera. That, right, like really like strengthens the relationship between where the money is coming from, where the money is going. That's a key component of a healthy ecosystem and a sustainable one the event fund is geared to kind of like building up those relationships could be between funders could be between colleagues comrades whatever and then the incubator program i think is imagined to really strengthen those relationships with the academic community and with researchers that's how i'm seeing like the three programs intersecting at code for science and society towards that goal that the whole organization is driving towards all the time sustainability in the ecosystem and how do we make our open source projects stronger, how do we make the sharing out, the hosting, the management of open data in the service of public interests more sustainable and healthier in the long-term?
1: Raya, that was a really awesome explanation uh, and um, calling out where the programs intersect. There's one additional dimension that I'd like to add to that, which is that the three different programs are also designed to allow us to work with leaders at different stages of maturity. So in some ways, the Fiscal Sponsorship Program allows us to work with people who've already won the lottery in some way, who've already figured out how to bring in a sizable grant and build a team. Some of these projects are 10 or more years old in the Fiscal Sponsorship Program. They haven't been with us that whole time, but they're more mature projects. The Event Fund and the Digital Infrastructure Incubator are operating on different scales and with different goals that will hopefully allow us to work with emerging leaders and folks who are at different stages who may not have or projects that may not have the financial security that the projects in the Fiscal Sponsorship Program have. So there are lots of ways in which the funding for digital infrastructure or for open source can look like a roller coaster. And so through the event fund, which is focused on data science and the digital infrastructure incubator, I'm hoping that we're able to work with people whether or not they have a grant to administer, because in some ways, fiscal sponsorship really is all about that administering the grant. And we have this approach to add strategic consultation and really try to help incubate and grow a project in that program. But there are plenty of people who are running volunteer stewarded initiatives or who are in the down part of the roller coaster of funding or who are running new projects for whom fiscal sponsorship wouldn't be a good fit for a relationship. But we hope that the Digital Infrastructure Incubator, for folks who are interested in growing their work, engaging with the research that's being done around governance, sustainability and community health, community engagement, Can find a way to participate in that program and really get something out of it without needing to make like a giant financial commitment to our organization.
0: Thank you. Your incubator is interesting for me from a perspective of looking at the other people in the cohort that have been funded by the Digital Infrastructure Fund. The Digital Infrastructure Fund in general had two main goals, as far as I was aware. One of them was research, the other one was implementation. They really wanted people to go out there and like figure out what's going on with digital infrastructure and then maybe to implement some cool ideas. And so we've chosen from a whole variety of things which projects we're going to fund. It seems like with your project, they funded more projects. It's not just, yes, here's the thing. It's please go out and multiply many little tiny ones. Is that an accurate assessment that I'm making?
1: Yeah, I I hope so. The way that we wrote the grant, Raya will be able to engage with a cohort of about five projects who will each receive a $5,000 award for participating. These projects will commit to working with Raya and the cohort over a period of about six months, working to not only just do the surface level, like, here's what we'd like to change. Let's draft a new update to our governance model but work through the rollout of that, the problems that come up, go back, talk to mentors, experts, researchers, get more perspective. So we'd like to be there for the nitty gritty of the implementation. So yes, I am hoping that this project is not just about one project, but is about at least five. And we also have funding to bring in mentors, experts, colleagues who have experience either research experience or practical experience doing work in the areas of sustainability community health and governance and so it's not really just about raya or myself telling folks what to do it's about the projects really identifying where they think they need help and us reaching out and bringing in folks who can support them and then perhaps finding out the thing you wanted to do is slightly different than the thing you thought you wanted to do. And then digging back into the literature and back into the community to find more resources. So, yeah. So I think the short answer is yes.
0: Have you already engaged any projects? I know that you're working on a proposal that you're going to send out where people can like then submit to this incubator. Do you have any incubatees at this moment?
2: We do not yet have incubatees. We're going to be launching web presence for the incubator and a call for expressions of interest in mid-august and we'll be reviewing those submissions on a rolling basis starting august 16th and the positions will stay open until the five positions that we have available are filled and we're really looking to hold space for people for leaders for projects to imagine possibility and to implement some of the recommendations around sustainability, around meaningful diversity, equity, and inclusion around governance. And so it's a bit of an experimental program, but I think you're right, Richard, in identifying that it's on the implementation side of things. So with our kind of colleagues at Simply Secure, they're also kind of doing an implementation project. And I think this is a development that Sloan and Ford have built on from the previous cohort of digital critical digital infrastructure funding. So they had an initial cohort that was all research-based, if I'm not mistaken. And then this kind of cohort of grantees, there's a mix of research and implementation. And we're really seeing the incubator as a place to act upon or amplify the research that's been done in the space and make it practicable or see what happens when we put it into practice.
0: I love that. I'm not going to ask you to count your chicks before they hatch because that's definitely bad for an incubator to do, but I am excited to see how this works out. For those of our guests who would like to follow along or would like to apply, can you let me know what URL I'm going to go to in the future?
2: Yes, it's going to be incubator.codeforscience.org.
0: Most Excellent. And I assume there will be a blog or a Twitter account or some way or a newsletter, perhaps people can stay updated on this effort and other CSNS efforts.
1: The Twitter is at Code for Society and we have a blog that is linked out from our main website, which is either Code for Science or Code for Society. You can get there. It all goes to the same place. Code for Science and Society, too long for URL. And yeah, so we'll be sharing updates from the program on our blog. For folks listening to this after mid-August, there's content and a call for proposals or a way to register your interest if you are interested in participating in this program. I think the timeline there, Raya, is that we'll be talking to folks throughout August and September. And then moving forward, so this isn't the kind of thing where you apply and we judge you. This is more like, if you're interested, let us know. We're going to have some conversations with you to discuss whether it's a good fit and whether the things you want to accomplish align with the things that we can accomplish. And by, I believe, October, we should have our cohort list and be ready to go.
0: I like it finally in summation i do have one last question and i'm going to ask every single person on the podcast this so that we have a good list of what this is and no this was not my idea rea i'm going to ask you first what is digital infrastructure to you
2: so what i've been thinking about is that there's so many definitions and applications for the phrase digital infrastructure it can be satellite communication, it can be broadband, it can be like the code, it can be your phone, right? So what is digital infrastructure? I think that it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Another phrase that is coming up a lot, right? Obviously for us and that has similar kind of ambiguity about its definition is open source. So like what is open source and who defines it, right? Are we talking about standards? Are we talking about who's in the club and when? For me, what's interesting is how projects and how individuals are orienting themselves in this space and towards those two terms. So I'm less interested in defining what they are than in acknowledging the range of affects and things that are associated with them. There is like concern for the precarity of digital infrastructure. There is confidence in the proud future that it will bring. There is criticism of the structures of power that it enables. And I think that these are all important kind of associations to acknowledge and to orient oneself like, well, where am I kind of in this space and what does the phrase mean to me? And so what we're asking potential incubator participants to do is just that. How do you relate to these two phrases? What does it mean to you? Acknowledging that CSNS works in a specific iteration of open source, which is mostly open data in the service of the public interest. So we have like an additional public interest tech angle that we are working in. Not all interested projects in the incubator need to be doing exactly that, right? But I think it's important for us to acknowledge where ever relates
1: to that space. So that's my answer to that question, which I acknowledge is a little dodging the question. I critique your answer only in that I don't think your answer is at all weak. And being new to the space, one of the reasons that I was really excited to work with you on this is because of the time that you've spent studying other communities and their relationship to change. I come to open source and digital infrastructure from scholarly infrastructure for science, knowledge production, sharing of data, knowledge sharing, access to knowledge, open knowledge, all of these things. That framing. Is just a piece of what digital infrastructure is because I think participation in economies, access to healthcare, there are all these things that are now anything I think that is governed by digital or technical infrastructure or accessed via could be digital infrastructure, which is why open source digital infrastructure is such an umbrella, it's such a large umbrella because you can slice and dice it in a million different ways and you could really focus on sort of payments and economies or you could really focus on knowledge and knowledge creation, knowledge sharing or you could really focus on like nitty gritty dependency trees and these are the modules that do this and these millions of companies and projects use them and stay away from what are the big spaces of influence because if you're so far down at the stack and you touch everything. So I like that you dodge the question, quote unquote. I appreciate that. And I think it's useful because we can keep our blinders on or stay focused on the areas that we know and miss out on some of the intersections and bigger conversations that we could be engaged in. And I think digital infrastructure as a concept or open source digital infrastructure as a concept is really part of, or for me, it's part of, what is our relationship to technology going to look like in the future? When I'm considering these things, I'm considering what is the future of technology period. So for me, it becomes like a really big question, which is maybe we definitely don't have time to to get into on this podcast, but I think there are many futures that are laid out before us. And if we can move towards a future where there is a Stewarded and sustainable community centered commons, these can exist in a way that is a little bit more sustainable than they have in the past. If communities can be more engaged in production and access to software data knowledge, I think that we have a better chance of the sort of future that we want. And so that's what's on my mind when I think about digital infrastructure.
0: I do have a lot more questions. Obviously, mostly because I'm used to a 40-minute format, not a 20-minute one. So I want to know who are you most excited to work with or what books or articles would you recommend for people to read before they go forth and do these things? However, I think we are running up on time. So instead of asking those questions, I'm going to leave them as open questions for the audience to answer for themselves. If you're interested in getting involved, you could always go to incubator.codeforscience.org and take a look there. Please share it widely. If you're interested in much wider questions about digital infrastructure, such as what is digital infrastructure, we will soon have a website up. We do not have it yet, but we will have it soon, and I will share it as soon as I am able. So keep in touch and maybe listen to the next podcast. Yes, seriously, there's always more to do. This is the way the world works. It's weird. But thank you all for listening right now. If you have any questions, you can always contact me at Richard at Happy to answer and danielle and raya i want to ask you both is there anywhere we could follow you personally on the internet
1: i am on twitter at r-a-y-e-l-v and i'm also on twitter and linkedin you can find me on twitter at danielle c robbins and that's probably the best place but it is pretty much like a work account with occasional comments on local politics
0: which is increasingly just how it goes it makes sense to me it was incredibly great to have you on this podcast thank you so much for taking the time
2: thank you richard on our website you'll find some of the things that we've read in our reading so that can
0: answer your question about what to read maybe so Absolutely.
2: there's a little initial mini bibliography there
1: yeah and for folks who are interested in participating and following along please follow us on twitter at code for society and you can also subscribe to the code for science and society blog from our main code for science website where you would get updates when we share them.
0: Thank you so much. And all these links will be in the show notes. Again, this is the digital infrastructure podcast as we our first guest, Danielle Robinson and Raya Azain, coming together from code for science and society. Thank you so much for coming on this podcast. It was great to have you.